This is System 96, and you're listening to the Paradise Arcade. The Paradise Arcade contains graphic language. Listener discretion is advised. Listening to the Paradise Arcade with Kyle and Eric, promoting synthwave music and culture. Welcome to another episode of the Paradise Arcade. This week we have a very special guest. I've been very excited about bringing this guest on. Welcome to the show, Blake System ninety six. Thank you. I- I'll be honest with you. Uh, I I feel like a bit of a dunce because I I came onto your music um, later than I feel I should have. And I was drawn to um, the artwork I saw. There was a, uh, I think it was the drop for your new record. And I was like, what is this? And I heard it and it absolutely blew me away. Like I was like, I just felt kind of embarrassed. Shame on you. Shame on me. And this happens, uh, you know, I'm not necessarily the best at like finding new artists or knowing artists that I should have known for a long time. Um so yeah, the artwork grabbed me initially, and then I listened to it, and I was like, "This is amazing." So I knew I had to have you on the show. So thanks for coming. Oh, I appreciate on. it. Um, yeah, um, go ahead. The the artwork, yeah. Uh, was it for emotion or memories? It was emotion. Emotion. Okay, cool. Yeah, I did that one. Um, I used to have someone actually do the art, uh, and then uh, kind of fell out of touch with that person, and kind of you know started doing it myself. So um, I hope it's consistent <laughs> and looks uh, remotely, you know, kind of similar to the, the Memories album and the things before that. I really like it because it's stand. It's so it's unique, but you get it at the same mm-hmm. time. Like it, it fits, but it's like not trying to be anything else. Right. Or like the try hardy stuff that you see now. Right, right. There's no grids and a vector sun in the background with a Ferrari. Like right. It's none of that it's stuff. Eighties retro wave stuff. It uh, it reminds the only thing comparable would be like Com Trues. Okay. Like some of that. Yeah. It's not the same because you guys do different mm-hmm. things, but like the the kind of like color tones and geometric shapes yeah. and things like that are similar, but different. Um, yeah. Well, so I mean, Drew, this we stuff was it. definitely an inspiration. Um, his artwork it was anyways. Um, because I mean it's kind of kind of modeled it after some of his stuff but I, I wouldn't say like directly copied it i definitely like the geometric stuff he does on his uh his vinyl releases and just like the detail that goes into his records and uh just the artwork alone or artwork itself is a reason to buy the record oh for sure so kind of wanted to emulate that in, in a way but not uh directly copy it and go that route yeah, I'm a sucker for good artwork. It uh, that'll definitely draw me in if something is really oh, yeah. interesting. And and I so that's one of the things that I that drew me in initially. And and then about, like you get the pro it, like the the tease the visual matches the music so well. So I was so very mm-hmm. pleasantly surprised. Yeah, you're looking at it, Kyle. I know I'm looking at it because I'm just like that is crisp. It's crisp. It's good. Crisp. That is well <laughs> thought out graphic design. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like you know what you're doing. I definitely don't. <laughs> Fake it till you make it. Yeah, I exactly. I really liked it. So I hope that people um, catch on to it too. And you gotta, you know, like obviously, this day and age, you have to have something that distinguishes yourself. And there's always a visual mm-hmm. element, even if it's a audio format. So, um, and clearly, I think it's done well. Both of your um, pressings have sold out right yeah. like that's awesome well i think the bundle sold out there might still be a few copies left of the um the repress of memories and i think there's a couple copies left of emotion um those are on eyewitness records they they uh wanted to do originally just um emotion but uh they did this bundle deal with memories and I don't know it just kind of fell all into place which is pretty cool um kind of came out of nowhere really 
So is that bundle edition like copies of what you had left? Because didn't you press your own originally? Yeah, I did a hundred copies last year on Q rates of memories, and I have I think five copies left. So I'm I want pretty much everyone want or every copy that's in existence, someone has those repress that they did was on a slightly different um, uh, color vinyl. They did like a, a cobalt blue, I think, or something like that. It was a little bit different, um, but there was a lot of people who missed out on the Key Rates campaign because I released that so early before before I even really had a following. I released that, and there was a lot of people that kind of missed out on being able to get that. That's a great feeling. I mean, it has to be a great feeling. Oh, yeah. You know, like uh, it, to be able to sell 100 records. And I know that in the oh, rest dude, of the world. I thought I made it. That's, <laughs> when I sold a hundred records, I almost shit myself. Right, that's crazy. That's a big undertaking, yeah. and uh, and the fact that it gets repressed and there's only a few copies left of the new and the and the repress, like that's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's like three hundred records out in the world, basically, right? Yeah. So I think they did three hundred of each, something like that. It, it's a really good feeling, um, just to like. I don't know, sell physical copies in a day where, you know, everything's streamed. But the reason is your music is so good. It's so good. I'm going to sing your praises. That's what I'm going to do. Again, it's one of those things. um, There's certain music that grows on you, I think, that you you discover it and you're like, oh, this is okay. Mm -hmm. The more you listen to it, it it grows with you or whatever. Like when I heard emotion i was instantly like yes this is really good like i instantly really really liked it um and i think it's interesting because i did i haven't really gone into would you consider yourself chill synth or chill wave Mm, i'm kind of yeah i'm one of those persons or entities whatever you want to call system 96 it's little this little project kind of like uh, it blurs the lines it doesn't really fit into chill synth it doesn't really fit into synth wave I don't know. Um, it's kind of been a struggle because, like, it's hard to find a label that pr- that wants to press something that sounds so different from all the, uh, I don't know, you know, like the mainstream synthwave stuff versus the chill synth stuff. I don't know. I'd never really found a place until uh, Eyewitness. So it was kind of a struggle, like, making something that didn't really fit in somewhere. I'm so surprised by that, honestly. I think it's a really good combination of elements so i'm sorry that people suck (laughs) it's all good (laughs) but you know like i think it's one of those things you you hear it and you're like this is this is good this is great so wow that's like a description i would give something yeah (laughs) this is good good. or oh it's not good (laughs) right i don't like this this is i like i like this so i so congratulations i think that's really great that eyewitnesses Mm -hmm. uh release those things and that they're they've done really well for you um hopefully it's a good partnership that you have with them i assume that it is the way that you're talking about it yeah they didn't hose you over (laughs) um so yeah that um emotion came out earlier this year i believe right yeah uh around april i believe or maybe february spring for sure and how long did it take for that album to come together is your process relatively quick or you work at it a yeah, bit uh, i average like a single every week to two weeks um maybe 20 percent of those actually make the cut onto like an album or actually being released so with that one i feel like i started that in i really started working on it in probably october um i made a few tracks like three tracks and then i found some that i had released as singles but I felt like they needed to be on that album. Like I reworked Dream to have like a different intro. Um, just so it would fit on there. So the single version and the album version of that song are kind of completely different in the intro. Um, so that process took like a week or so. Um, it was relatively quick. I'd say like a total of three months for seven tracks. Damn. So is it just for you like always working? Like you just... Yeah, you... Um, pretty much. I have a nine to five, um, work that I come home and put in at least an hour or two in music a day, if not 
three or four hours until I go to sleep. Because um, I work days, my girlfriend works nights, so it kind of works out to where I still have a um, a place to do music and kind of be alone and be able to concentrate on things without many distractions. So it's it's a lot of studio time. Um. Is there a particular, how did you arrive to your sound? Because again, as you say, it's different. It's reminiscent of other things, but it's uniquely yourself. Um, I don't know. I guess it would come from my music influences. Uh, My dad, who was like well into his 40s, showed me Calm Trues when I was probably 16, 17. Uh, I kind of got into that played around with making beats and stuff uh, and eventually decided I didn't want to make beats. Um, Tired of dealing with like rappers and having (laughs) to have someone else, a part of your project, complete the project. So I was like, okay, cool. I want to do something instrumental because I can't sing. What should I make? Dubstep's dying, or at least it was at this, this point. So I like, I kind of played around and making dubstep, hated it. Um, and then I guess it was like a trial and error process that went on for at least a year or two to where um, I didn't really make a song. It was kind of just messing around with presets and drums and everything. And uh, I accidentally made my first track, which was Distance. And uh, I guess I was I was on that Calm Truths vibe at that time, definitely. Um, so made that and tried keep that sound going for as long as I could um, with the first few singles I did. And it kind of has evolved from that just slightly. Um, But uh, I feel like it kind of sounds true to the stuff I made in the beginning. So uh, it's it's a constantly evolving thing. Um, I don't think I'll ever have a set sound. Cool. But yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely different. Yeah, so is it? It's not like I've heard some people refer to like their their name as that project that is a specific mood, and they have mm. other projects to explore different things. Right. This is just is this more just like you release music under this and you just do whatever you do. That's pretty much it. Yeah, um, I feel like if I ever release something under another name, it would just sound too similar to what I had released under System 96. So um, kind of experiment with stuff and just really, if it sounds good, I'll just release it. I don't really try to stick to a specific um, genre or anything like that. I just, I don't know, I enjoy the process. And if it sounds like rap, it sounds like rap. Hey, it's got some sense in it. So I'll kind of push it with the sense scene and uh, see how it goes on that. And I mean, like as you're as you've made this stuff you just completely self-trained you just got in there and figured it out and sort of um i kind of had very very light background in music growing up um played piano a little bit never really got too into that um so after high school i found myself not liking the restaurant business and wanting to go to school for something so i was like uh let's see Kind of like music. Let's go to audio engineering school. Which was there you go. A mistake. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was it, it was good and it was a mistake at the same time. Um, I didn't feel like I got my money's worth from what they taught me, but it did teach you like a basic, super basic way to record and mix, which is kind of what I needed to learn. I didn't get too much um, information from going to school, so the rest of it was pretty much that one or two years I told you where I could just messed with stuff and uh, tried to make something. So I guess uh, you could say self-taught with little help from uh, a school here and there for uh, the mixing side of things. So you had a head up a, a little bit because you, I'm assuming you got the fundamentals of the piano down a little bit, understand yeah. stuff. No and music then, theory, but I can play a little bit. And then going to school they're they're teaching you a little bit about levels and working around a soundboard mm-hmm. and things like that enough to allow you to to figure it out from there. Right. Yeah, I felt like it was more live sound than production. So I definitely got to, uh, to play with some outboard gear, which was pretty cool. Right on. And then you and then you just and then you're off doing your thing. Yeah. Um, it's just 
there you go. <laughs> and did you like when System 96 came into play, did you think like, well, this fits best in the synthwave world? I guess I'm asking this like, was it obvious once you got to kind of your sound like it's not exactly like this particular thing or that thing, but it fits best in the synth world? Yeah, um, kind of. That's pretty much where I've always pushed the music to is the synthwave crowd and the synthwave scene. Uh, felt like it was uh, kind of close to that. You know how Calm Trues like has guitar and stuff in his tracks, and he doesn't really fall into you know like the arpeggiated bassline right. type synthwave or anything like that. Um, so I felt like hey, if he can make this, and all these people who listen to this kind of music listen to him, maybe they'll listen to me even though it's not either one of these things it's kind of different but it's kind of plays a part in there somewhere you know like adjacent yeah Synth adjacent right it's like the guy you see standing in the corner over there <laughs> that's that's my music oh <laughs> modest boy i think you know there's really strong um rhythmic aspects to your music that i think um, are able to capture attention really well. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so, like, I feel the Calm Trues elements there, because I think, you know, like, Calm Trues is really good at groove and mm -hmm. rhythm on top of everything else. Like, right. And so, like, you have that similar to him in a different way. <clears throat> Sorry. Frog Boy. Frog Boy. <laughs> I was hoping this whiskey would help, but it's not. Maybe you just need more. <laughs> It'll always work. More whiskey. Mm -hmm. Always helps. <laughs> An old fashioned is the cure for everything. <laughs> Amen. So, yeah, I see. God damn. Kyle, would you take over while I fix this? It's, yeah. How did you come up with System, System 96 for a name? Uh, so, I was born in 1996. Um, Okay, I'll just tell you the real story. You know those Facebook things? It's like, hey, here's your retro retro wave name. <laughs> so it's like the first letter of your name was B. So it goes to system. And then it was like the year you were born. I was like 96. And it was just a system 96. I was like, oh, that kind of kind of rolls off the tongue. Let's, let's go with that and see how that goes. And that was pretty much it. <laughs> so literally, it was like one of those charts. Like, here's your pirate yeah. name. Here's your <laughs> whatever name. <laughs> Nice. I was just going by my first name before that, and it was just Blake. And I was like, ah, I don't like this. It doesn't, it doesn't ring a bell. It doesn't fit the scene. I was like, no, 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 no. Let's switch it up. You can hyphenate it. Ooh. <laughs> just at the end. Put an oopsalon above the A. Yep. Fluke. But then <laughs> there's the problem with Siri. Um, if it's not spelled exactly I don't know, like perfect or something. You can't be like, hey, Siri, play this or play that. Yeah. Anyone who asks Siri to call me on the phone, that ain't happening. That's a problem. I'm sorry for you. It's, it's been a 39 year problem. <laughs> uh, that's really I think it's cool. And I think, you know, like as being someone that's, you know, younger than us, it, what what drew you to this particular aesthetic or retro vibe thing? Like what appeals to you specifically? Um, I don't know. I have this like weird nostalgia for like late nineties, early two thousands beach trips for some reason. <laughs> and that's just kind of been, uh, I don't know, like a basis for a lot of the music and art and stuff. Not like in a hotel pools type of way where it's like palm trees and pools and stuff like that. But, uh, I don't know. I always just like see this image in my head whenever I make this music. And I feel like it's, it kind of fits the scenes for some of the stuff during my childhood. Um, so it's like, I don't know, it's like a nostalgia thing almost. Um, I kind of like make music for the soundtrack for events in my life in a way, like subconsciously. It's not really like this belongs at this time period or anything like that, but it's just like, uh, when I think back, I kind of hear that playing in my head almost. So it's more personal and less like imagined story. Right. Yeah. It's not like um, a fictional storyline or anything like that with, um, you know, like songs to fit certain chapters or anything. 
I I'm really fascinated by this because it's it's very different, and because I, I always think, why does anyone do retro? And I guess this is mm-hmm. another thing where you don't necessarily fit into it either. Where um, it's got a very chill thing, but it doesn't. It also doesn't ape um, a lot of like retro '80s kinds of tropes either. Yeah, and so it's this very interesting place that you sit. And I like mm-hmm. that. I, I I think that's the way we need to move forward. It's like how to talk about nostalgia in a more not cheesy way. Cheesy <laughs> way, exactly. Yeah. More earnest, more um, personal. And I love that. That that's what it does for you. Instead of saying, "I really like Miami Vice," and yeah, I want to make Miami, Miami Vice, Miami Vice music, Miami Vice music, or the. I don't know. A lot of people told me it was like uh, Grand Theft Auto Vice City music. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> In a way, and I, it's, it's actually, it has me thinking, and I'm going to stew on this a little bit, where it's like, it's the sound of nostalgia, and it doesn't have to be 80s nostalgia. It just, right. there's a tonality, or maybe there's something to it that makes you contemplative. So I'm going to stew on that thought for a bit, because I, I find that really fascinating, that that's where you come from, and and how you approach it. And again, I, I think that's your do. I think your way is going to be the way forward really. Cause you can't just ape the same thing over and over and over again. Yeah. And keep something true. You fresh. can only have so many arpeggiated bass lines that. <laughs> and I love them. I am a lover yeah. of arpeggiated bass, but, and also same. you can't do yeah, it. All I feel like a lot of the artists are going toward like this gray lifeless. I don't know this like blob of generic synth wave. And I feel like that's kind of what everyone wants to do in a way. Like a lot of people, I'm not saying everyone, but like there's a, a good bit, like, I don't know, like go on some of these YouTube channels. I'm not going to name any names, but a lot of it sounds very similar. <laughs> and it's like, damn, I feel like I've heard this before. Like, I don't know. I expected more from certain artists over like, a period of time. Right. Yeah. I think that there's certainly, it's interesting because I think about this. I don't know if you guys paid attention, but Perturbator went in a magazine mm-hmm. and said Synthwave is dead or something yeah. to that effect or something. And it pissed everybody off and they whined and cried and yada, yada, yada. And I think. Um, I bet he did that on purpose because he's like, I know I'm going to work everyone up. Yeah. But he's not that type of person, though. I mean, he's not a, he's not purposely an asshole. You know, it's like, how is that being an asshole? Well, like to do something to agitate someone else is being an asshole. Like if you, mm-hmm. if you, if you're just speaking your truth, that's one thing. But if you're doing it to like rile somebody up, that's a different. Maybe he was speaking in terms of himself alone. I, I have a feeling that that's true in the magazine twisted it a little bit. Uh, yeah. But his point was, and I've talked to him and he's been like, I, I just can't keep doing the, I can't be that person that I was 10 years ago and I can't keep mm-hmm. doing the same thing. It's not interesting as a musician anymore. Um, and I think there's a lot of people that hold on to these. It has to be this sound has got to be Miami nights, 1984. That's true. And you know what? He's great. I'm not ever going to slam him, but I also don't want to listen to someone else reproduce his records either. Exactly. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people also get mad at artists for evolving their sound. Like, I don't know if your last record doesn't sound like the first record, then I don't want to listen to you anymore. Yeah. There's a lot of that going around. And it's just, uh, hinders growth, I feel like. I agree. Yeah. I like the people that take chances. That You know, Kyle and I are both really big fans of Ghost. And mm. he, he's been doing some stuff that's really made a lot of people mad since possessor and um and he's doing it again with the new record that's coming out it's way 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 different and it's like thank god that it's not behemoth over and over and over again but then you know there's this certain group of people that just want that over and over again you have it just go listen to behemoth yeah it's like over and over again but different yeah so it's i and again so i think like you you're an interesting position where I think initially you'll, you feel a little like outside, mm-hmm. but because you don't follow the rest of the thing, the scene, 
it allows a little bit of freedom to because you're not like oh I've got to I've got to make return to high school prom 1985 <laughs> now and what that's going to be like yeah. and try to re you just kind of you're just doing what feels good to you and I think yeah I kind of just sit down and make some chords and if they sound good I'll roll with it and uh, if I make a song I make a song if it sounds like garbage eight hours into it then I kind of scrap it and uh, kind of start over. So it's like you take the ultimate approach of you do what you want to do and you don't yeah. do what you don't want to do. Exactly. I'm going to make a shirt for you that says that, Kyle. <laughs> Thanks. It's I, I think it's been a while since I've said that on the show. <laughs> so I felt it was appropriate to bring it back at this moment. And I've only been hearing it for 10 years. So yeah. it's, it's not going to stop. <laughs> uh, so that's really cool. and I And I think... You know, I like what you do, and it's interesting. Um, you've done some good collaborations, especially in this the newest record, because you've got Loosing Disguises on one of them, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's uh, pretty much. I think he's the the only one on my albums. Uh, but me and him are actually working on a little surprise with Eyewitness Records. It's going to be a collaboration EP. Um, just because we've gotten a good bit of positive feedback from the collabs that we have done, and uh, so they actually reach out or reached out to me, and I think they talked to him as well. But um, they're just like, "Hey, uh, would you guys be interested in this? Uh, just as a vinyl pressing, and possibly um, letting you guys just have you know complete digital rights to do whatever y'all want." And I was like, "Why not?" <laughs> I guess force yeah, me to I do guess. it. Oh yeah, definitely looking forward to uh, banging out some tracks with uh, Lucy in the Skies for sure. How does that do that dude is so busy? I don't know. Like he is always working. I I, I... that makes me depressed. <laughs> I mean, for myself, not for not for him, for you personally. Because yeah. you're like, what are you doing with your life? Yeah, it's like I work forty hours a week, and that's too much. Oh, I feel that. Ooh. And yeah. I was going to say earlier about your dedication of doing at least an hour or more every day. It's like, I miss Yeah, it comes with, uh, you know, having no friends. <laughs> it's like, I, I miss the, the days where I have the internet things... friends. I don't have local friends. <laughs> You've got a lot of internet friends. Yeah. I hear that. Yeah, it's like, I'll see them whenever I go to shows or, you know, um, fly out somewhere and play somewhere and you know doing things like that i'll see people every now and then but uh local scene here is kind of dead so i don't really uh, hang out with too many people over here i feel like though that you are a glimmer of hope in regards to like things opening up because again you're not someone in their mid to late 30s mm -hmm. pumping out the same kind of approach doing the same kind of thing but it still fits and i think you just i always wonder like how how does a synthwave you can't a, a scene can't survive on ten years worth of inspiration and right. thousands of thousands. I mean, shit. I don't. I was talking to Jules Fox the other day, and he keeps track of something like sixteen hundred artists. Oh my god! In the yeah. synthwave scene, he has scene. like a shirt from everyone. Yeah, and I was just thinking, like, that's a lot of artists for such a small scene because you that's almost like literally for every synthwave artist there's nine fans to go along with them for the total <laughs> synthwave scene yeah. and you've got some people that that obviously go above that you know because like com Cruise and perturbator and mm -hmm. some of those other guys are, are bigger than the scene itself so they have a bigger draw because they the metal crowd likes them or you know the hip-hop or or down-tempo indie scene likes or whatever it is so they've got crossover appeal, but like I wonder how big, like how many actual synthwave fans exist in the scene proper. Yeah. So there's six. How many fans exist that aren't producers themselves? There you go. That's what I'm saying. Nine. Nine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah, one. That's, Indeed, I'm that's another. The biggest struggle. So that's cool though, and so the, again with the success of the the vinyl releases that you've done, um and the strength of what what you've done so far you know it's it's really exciting and I'm, it, to hear that you're doing stuff with lucy because um 
I think he's a very good collaborator. You know, when I've heard him on on other people's stuff, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't seem like he tries to take over a track and make yeah. himself shine. He keeps it's, it fifty fifty. Seems like close to it. And so I think that's really cool. So I'm excited for what that looks like. And of course, they're going to take my money because if it's a vinyl release. As a person who has no idea how to make music, me. You, yeah. How how does it, in your case, how did the collaboration take place? Does one of you send Hmm. the other one something and say, hey, what do you think of this? Pretty much, yeah. Um. He and I both post a good bit of Instagram stories of our uh, works in progress and this, you know, fooling around in the studio. Um, there's been a couple times where we're like, hey, this sounds really good, blah, 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 possible collab, question mark. Um, there's also been times where we've, like, when I went out to Seattle, um, in Portland in 2019, we actually talked out there and was like, hey, man, this would be cool to collab on something. Just uh, send me something when you get back. And I actually had a demo that I couldn't really go anywhere with it. So I sent it over to him and it turned out to be Emerald. Um, and that track actually did really well. Um, what was the next one? I think it was Autonomy. Um, I also reached out to him on that one. I was like, hey man, this demo again, uh, would you want to be on my um, EP that's being released on Eyewitness Records? And he was, he was down to do that. And that's kind of where the collab EP came from. He's also sent me one of his tracks. It was um, Level. We did that, I think, three or four months ago. Um, so it's been like, a, we'll just pass stuff back and forth and see how it goes. And uh, I mean, really, they it's, it's always worked out. We haven't had a dud yet where we didn't want to release it. So that that's good. That is that's awesome. Um, do you like... Do you like the process of collaboration? Is it something that you want to pursue with other artists? Yes and no. <laughs> Good answer. Good answer. Um, I like collabing with other artists. I feel like it's uh, a good chance to expand your sound and uh, kind of learn from the way other people produce. Uh, but there's also the strain and struggle of getting a demo you're not really feeling and promising person you know hey we're gonna collab we're gonna get this done it's happened a few times to myself and uh we'll work and get about 75 percent of the way done and then i'm just not feeling it which kind of sucks because you know both artists put in so much work it's happened to me with other artists too it's just some work out some don't so um as long as nobody's feelings get hurt and stuff it's really a really nice process yeah to get in someone else's brain for a bit and and see how it's done is there like a a dream collaboration for you? Is there someone that like you're just like I need to collaborate with this person? Uh, well, that probably come true. I mean, I talked to him a few years ago, right when I started System ninety six, and he was like, "Let's work on future stuff." And uh, that was before he released In the K two, and it was right before Persuasion System. So I guess he was pretty busy or, or something, but uh. We didn't really get around to it. Um, I haven't reached back out to him or anything like that, but uh, that would be like a really cool collaboration. Or um, Hotel Pools would be another one that I kind of want to work with. His sound design is just spot on. It's so clean whenever he uh, has his stuff mixed and mastered and released out in the world. It just sounds good on everything. And uh, I don't know. I feel like he, he just really knows what he's doing. Yeah, it helps that he's was a professional musician coming into hotel pools or have has an yeah. extensive background so his production yeah, I think is his dad was the drummer for hall and oats yeah what yeah how did we we know ben so the fact that this didn't come up is a travesty i'm gonna text him mm-hmm. like you fucker man hey ben i'm in shock right now this? yeah you were like i fucking love hall and oats <laughs> <laughs> same that, shit. Yeah, I heard that while I was out there, and I was like, "There's no fucking way." And then, sure yep. shit. Yep, sure shit. Uh, let's... Man, I'd be telling everyone I meet, like, if my dad met the drummer from All and Oats, be like, <laughs> he met the drummer from All and Oats, so yeah, that's cool. <laughs> they breathe the same air for three minutes. 
Oh my god, you won't believe it, man. <laughs> yeah, that's I, I think I see Ben is such a good collaborator and he really seeks it out. I, mm-hmm. I I think and I could see that. I would be very interested to hear what you and him would do because while being What if we planted that seed? I, Ooh. I, I would have to give you guys credit, you know. We need at least like we need one percent songwriting credit. I'd be like, oh, yeah. I don't want any credit. I'll just make it happen. Yeah, just make you guys could definitely name the track. <laughs> yes, win. I yes, and I want to use like one of those Facebook charts, like letter <laughs> of your first name and something, and that's gonna be the track title. You know, what you should do just to mess with Ben is have it three words instead of one. Ooh. Ooh. Or two words. Yeah, I do the one word thing sometimes, or most of the time I'll do that. So. Uh. That would kind of, kind of rub us both wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, you said we get the name of song, so. Oh yeah. I mean, we're gonna make it happen. I don't think it's gonna be that hard of a request, to be honest with you. Uh, Hope not. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That I mean, both things, uh, records that you've released have been really strong, really cool. Um, I've liked your progress. I I feel like. Um, between memories and emotion, like there's definitely growth and evolution, and it's exciting. It's a direction that I've liked. Um, are you so you're writing music all the time? Mm-hmm. You're producing music. You've got an EP ish in the works. Yeah. Um, do you already have an idea for another record, or you just kind of like get to a point and like, okay, I'm done. Here it is. Well, um, I released a little four-track EP probably three or four weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called VHS. Uh, Eyewitness also picked that up. We're going to be doing a vinyl pressing pretty soon uh, with a couple remixes or edits from some other artists on there. Um, it's not finalized. I haven't really gotten the artists like you know approved or anything like that. Or um, they haven't really said they were willing to do it yet, but I've reached out to a few people. Now we're going to see if I can get some remixes on there. Uh, after that's done, I'm starting to work on something for 2022, just early in the year. Uh, probably be a little bit longer than seven tracks, like my normal albums are. Uh, kind of want to do like a big album. Um, maybe a follow-up to Memories just like a more evolved sound. Um, I kind of like where VHS went with completely different sound set, but uh, I kind of want to revisit the instruments and stuff I used on Memories. I used a lot of hardware since, and uh, I didn't really do that too much on VHS. That's exciting. And I'm really mad at my wallet right now because I'm going to buy all that shit. So it sounds like you've got at least three projects coming out in the near two years. Yeah, just about. Just about. And that's that's exciting. And what a time to be alive. And you're so productive because a lot of dudes, you know, like people that we know, they take three, four years to make a record. Right. Yeah. I can't imagine having that much time to think about stuff. (laughs) So like for you, how do you know something is done? Like you, you're, you make a song and you mm. go, yes, this gets me excited. Well, like what, where, what is that for you? How, what criteria does, do things have to meet? Let's see. Uh, I don't know. That's a hard one. Um, usually the way I produce, I'll play like pretty much the whole song on a loop. And uh, once I have the basic, basic like minute and a half of the song, so I'll have an intro a verse, a chorus, and a breakdown. Um, I kind of make all those parts as best, uh, best as I can, and then I'll make the song structure. Once the structure is done, I'll add in little fills and little, you know, ear candy here and there, just like little bleeps and bloops yeah. and all these weird noises. Um, once I have that laid out, I'll listen to the track for at least a week. I, <laughs> I hate to admit it, but I'll I'll listen to it in the car um, at yeah, work do the car at test. home. Yeah, and I'll just see if it gets annoying. And if it gets really annoying within a week, then there's certain things that go back and change. Uh, Once I like the demo, I'll just keep it on SoundCloud for a while until I have like a a 
purpose for it. If I'm doing singles, then I'll go ahead and make some master right after the production. But usually they'll sit on SoundCloud for a few months before um figure out something to do with them. So it's pretty much just uh I don't know, it's it's kinda done whenever the vibe's right, <laughs> I guess. You know? You vibe all the way through it and it stands yeah. the the repeat listen test. Yep. Yeah, if I don't get tired of it within a week or so, then it should it should last. So with that process, can you say that you're not annoyed by any of your stuff? Oh, I hate now most in the of f- it. <laughs> after you've done it. Yeah, I normally won't listen um, to a track after it's been released. I'll I have it saved in my Spotify playlist or whatever in case it pops up. Um, but no, I really, by the time it's released, I'm kind of tired of hearing it. Just because, you know, you produce it, you mix it, you master it. Um, there's a few weeks of downtime between all that to where it's kind of just sitting around. You're like, okay, let me make sure there's nothing wrong with this. No pops or clicks or make sure this bass doesn't sound weird in my car. And, you know, rattle all the change in my doors and stuff. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's a bit of a process. Um, but that's just, that's kind of how it, it's been going for the past couple of years. I haven't really sat down and tried to figure out a more efficient way of doing something or, you know, like a more theoretical music theory type way of determining when a song is uh, complete and ready to go. I feel it. I kind of feel like I would take my college paper approach if I were releasing a song mm-hmm. is that I would just make it and release it and be like, whatever it is, it's done. I'm not going to revisit it at all. It's out there. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's what I do with the show. I, I feel that too. Like this is this is what it is. It's I'm not gonna make it any different. And the more time I spend on it, the crazier I'm gonna get. Yeah, that's not 100 percent true for me. But anyways, <laughs> should try that. No, I got it. You know, I we have our other show where we break down albums, and I I started to get into like fixing audio levels and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. When Dynatron. Messages you, messages you on Instagram and says, "Hey, um, need to fix some stuff." I'm like, "Oh fuck, oops, I better." Be like, "This is just a talk show. <laughs> Ch- chill out." Yeah, he's like, "You're talking about something I'm really interested in, and you need to fix it." I'm like, "Okay, I will." <laughs> Shame on you. Yeah. Um. So with performing live, you've done that. If you you're doing it is that an exciting part of the the project do you like to perform live is it something you actively seek out yeah i mean i like it uh definitely makes me nervous and uncomfortable but uh, i feel like kind of have to have a bit of uncomfortableness to you know move forward with whatever you're doing you got to get out of your uh your safe space and um just kind of test the waters so with playing live um first i dreaded it i hated it so much i didn't have a good set list i didn't feel like any of the tracks i played meshed well together in a live setting um so within like during it was pretty much during covid i sat down i was like okay cool let's go ahead and make these songs sound good live because there's a lot of stuff that you make sounds great in the studio sounds good on car speakers but as soon as you put it through a mono system and play it live it will sound like straight ass like (laughs) anything under 250 hertz is all blended together and it just sounds like mush um so i don't know i took a real critical approach to that and kind of uh straightened up the live performances and uh getting them to actually sound better because it was making me nervous i kind of i liked it but i didn't like it or didn't like it i like traveling i like being around different people and uh you know just experiencing the different things but the whole the night of playing the show, I was a nervous wreck. And do you, that's really interesting. I, I guess I that's something I just don't even because I don't perform live. I wouldn't have thought like you mm-hmm. know again a certain hertz level things sound like shit. And I guess I do as a as an audience member, just not knowing why it sounds like garbage. Um, yeah. And I mean that's really interesting things that you've been through to tweak your set list and putting songs together so is it like when you put together a set list like i'm going to perform live do you have like 
like trying to tell a story, like an emotional peak, like seeing Calm True's live, he has ebbs and flows to his set list, right? Mm-hmm. You can hear like the various things he's trying to get you to feel. He gets you excited for a little bit and then you chill out for a bit and then gets you amped up right, and get a yeah. little again. Is that how do you approach putting together a set list? Um, I don't know. I, I usually like easing into the set. Um, usually when I played, uh, it'll be like, I'll usually be the second or third person to play. So you don't want to do like an opening set where it's real chill and you know, you're trying to get everybody brought into the, uh, the venue and stuff like that. So, but usually by the second or third set, you want people moving around. So recently, not recently, the last few shows I played, which are well over a year ago, um, I don't know, I kind of aimed towards like a, a dance setting almost. I started playing a lot of more upbeat tracks, uh, like Perception, Memories, and things like that. Um, I don't know, I like getting people moving and dancing. It's, you know, it's Synthwave. It's, it's a lot of it that's uh, kind of dreamy and, you know, some of it's gloomy, if you want to call it that. And there's a lot of like head-bopping tunes. Um, but uh, I don't know, I like playing something that people can dance to and, you know, actually get out there and move around and stuff i appreciate this i and i especially like the focus especially with like chill way being chill like i think like you have a good um bottom end to your music good rhythmically good bass wise it's very punchy at times Mm -hmm. and so i could see like there are definitely tracks that get you moving and I like that. I appreciate that. Yeah. And the fact that you adapt it. So it's fun. Now, do you ever like worry about like that difference of on the album to live performance or it's like, this is who I am. This is how it's going to be live. It's a different experience. I try to keep it remotely similar. Um, you don't want to change it up too much because a lot of people had times where I've messed up with the track so much someone didn't even know what track i was playing it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't sound like a normal version um so now when i'm making a live track i'll just i'll play like a backing track i'll keep the drums the same and uh run some effects like delay and reverb on the chords while they're playing live but uh i'll usually route the leads out to a synth that i bring with me whether it be like a mono synth or my because i have a mode grandmother uh Profit Rev 2 and a couple other scents. Cool. Um, so depending on the track, I'll you know change the lead up and make it sound as close as I can to the original thing, but you know keeping it a little bit different and uh, trying to make it sound live. If that makes sense. Yeah, there's a there's a dynamic element to live music. Yeah. Um, that there's an element that is different, and it's interesting um, that you bring that or you talk about that making it sound live. Which means that it's not perfectly quantized, that it's not exactly right. perfect. There's a level of imperfection and, and liveliness to live music, and you bring that mm-hmm. to what you do. It's it, it, like, especially at a live setting, it, it just it comes alive. There's an energy. There's a there's a yeah. live literal live liveliness to it. So, I, it just sounds like you spend a lot of time thinking about the experience and how people can experience your music in different settings Mm -hmm. and how people interact with it. And that's really, I I think that's really great. And it shows. Is there ever going to be any music videos? Is there going to be a a visual element to what you do? Or is that sort of like maybe someday if you get Hmm. money? Well, um, as we were talking before the show, I think it was about the person I used to have doing artwork. Um, during that time, there was a little bit of talk about doing some visual stuff. It was actually my ex-girlfriend, so that's what no one oh. put them a blast or anything. But <laughs> um, yeah, so you know, went sour, lost uh, connect with um, the visual side of things. But um, no, not recently has there been any talk about you know, doing any music videos or anything like that. Um, I've thought about it myself, like trying to record some stuff, but I'm not the best at videography and I don't know many people down here on the south side of Atlanta that uh, do that thing. So it's been kind of stale on that right now. Um, I do a little bit of the stuff in After Effects and uh, Premiere here and there for like Instagram stories, um, make short little clips of 
know found footage and stuff on youtube and place my tracks to it but i haven't done a full video bless you for even having that much patience i try to fuck around with that and it's like i like i'm like "Ah, i I gotta like after three minutes like i'm like i've Mm -hmm. tried really hard today i gotta stop yeah it's like okay there's only so much of this i can take and this is literally (laughs) frying my brain it's so meticulous and then you have to wait for it to render and you have to go back if something's not exactly right you wasted like two hours of render time uh-huh it's tough that sounds like me with any task in life after three <laughs> minutes it's like, this is so hard i gotta stop i can't i can't, do I can't continue i've tried my entire day is shot now i'm not doing mm-hmm. anything else i'll spend eight hours on a 15 second instagram video so i i feel your pain no like no no <laughs> no i applaud you that's way more way more attention than i could give a task i give most of my tasks to zoning out that's that's what most of my down just asking me to post something on instagram is really pulling teeth god bless that's all i gotta say and you know and you have a different obviously a different drive and different thing that you're doing uh than than what either of us do i suppose you could get better you i mean kyle other than being known for the show is is big in the the arcade video game community so you could hone your skills i mean i suppose if i did post that might garner some attention (laughs) that's asking a lot though yeah no i can't expect too much out of you can't be too ambitious these days stop it you're getting old that goes back to the other thing that's the i expect nothing and i'm still disappointed (laughs) (laughs) so what are your plans for for 2021 the rest of 2021 the world's opening up again well the south has been open for a year but the rest of the country (laughs) is is opening up again there's new possibilities what are you, what's the future for you? What do you want to do? What are you focusing on? Uh, I definitely want to focus on playing more shows, um, kind of on the East coast. I want to hit New York, you know, Orlando, um, those places that have a sense scene that don't really have too much going on. I know there's, um, a couple of festivals that play, you know, in New Jersey and stuff like that, but I don't feel like there's any smaller shows going on up there it's not a lot of synthwave touring artists doing that um so if i could pair up with a couple artists or something you know do a quick east coast tour just up and down the coast and maybe out to texas or the midwest or something uh, perhaps minneapolis cool. for yeah, a show minneapolis is definitely on the list i've had a couple people hit me up from out that way um never been to the midwest myself but uh definitely willing to go I feel like describing Minneapolis as the Midwest is sort of a misnomer because like we're not mid nor are we West. Right. We're like Northern. That's but mid because we're right in the middle, but like mid Northeast. <laughs> like it's like we're dead center. Yeah. North. Like the very middle of North America. Right. And the most North. So like, I feel like, we don't really have a lot because I just associate Midwest with like cornfields and flat shit. That's okay. That's part of Minnesota that you're describing right there. But that's like Southern Minnesota. Like that's only like a a certain point. And then the rest of it's all like woody and like, what what would you call Chicago? Midwest. Cause that's Midwest. I don't, I don't know. Listen, I'm not saying I'm logical. I'm not saying that this is (laughs) factual or that I'm correct. I reserve the right to be wrong. So I just feel so like the whole area around like Minneapolis, St. Paul could be considered Midwest, but the small area for which we reside in. No, no, no. From like literally Minneapolis north and then north, it's not. I don't feel it's the Midwest. That's like, yeah, that's Canada, crypto territory. Right, right. Like, cause it's like full of hills. It doesn't. There's like no fields. It's all fucking forests and hills and cliffs and cool, scary stuff. Scary Big creatures. Foot, moth, lions, tigers, and bears. 
I mean, we have moose, and you got to be very careful of them, those fuckers. Yeah, they're like seven and a half, eight feet tall, I think, right? Yes, large boys. Large, and get really aggressive certain times a year. There's someone that dies at least twice a year in Minnesota from a moose mauling. It's And it's the really? same person who dies twice a year. <laughs> <laughs> this motherfucker died twice this year. Just didn't learn his lesson. Nope. Yeah, no, they're scary. Even when they're docile, they're scary. Yeah, they're like 2,000-pound massive freaking animal with weapons on its head. Right. And then bears and wolves. We got all that yeah, stuff. We have bears and wolves and mountain lions and things like that down here. A lot of deer. Not really moose. <laughs> and weird colored soil. Yeah. Orange <laughs> dirt. How is the salt red? How is the South being in the South affected? Do you think it's affected how you make music at mm. all? I don't know. Like, because where I live is it's called Noonan and it's like it's literally the only city Sherman didn't burn down on Sherman's march for through the Civil War or whatever. So it's like very historical, very old. Um so I guess it's got like a vintage vibe here. It really reminds me of like the fifties and sixties, the way the town's set up. It's like it's almost stuck in that era, it seems like. Um so I mean there's kinda some elements for my music that are kinda inspired from here. Um, just because it's kinda where I grew up and everything. But uh not so much, man. Um it's really like country music y down here. And like heavy, heavy dubstep, like rhythm and stuff like that. So it's kind of polar opposites. And uh, so I don't know if I really took too much from my surroundings and you know put it in there, but I guess it grew up here. So it's in there somewhere. So it's more like, do you feel like an outsider yeah. in your community then? <laughs> yeah, kind of. I hear that. Because, I hear it. Yeah, I work with like a bunch of, you know, good old country boys and shit. So, you know, I don't I don't wear the boots. I'm not I wear like black skinny jeans and fucking Doc Martens to work with all these country guys and uh kind of an outcast, but you know, it's it's not too bad. I hear it. I hear it. You could be ghost and it's be like ghost in Texas. Again. Yeah. That's really, I mean, you know, it's interesting because I, I just wonder like how much geography affects anybody really for what they do creatively. And, but we live in a world where there's the internet and there's TV. And so you can kind Mm -hmm. of escape into that and never really be that influenced by your direct surroundings. So that's true. Yeah. You know, cause I, you know, I'm from the middle of nowhere minnesota originally and and kyle's from texas so look at us don't look at me (laughs) (laughs) avert your eyes please texas isn't bad i like texas it's a place (laughs) i I don't feel like i ever need to go back yeah i was in houston uh they had that ice storm or whatever i was out there working in march it's definitely not like I don't know. You, you know how everyone thinks of like Texas as being part of the South. Like I don't know me from being like part of the Deep South, as you call it, like smack dab in the middle of Georgia. I went out there and I found it to be a little more progressive and kind of more big cityish than I thought it would be. Well, I mean, if you're in a big city, definitely. Yeah, it was in a bigger city. It's a weird yeah. place because it's like. And then some of the people there are like, we want to be our own country. Yeah. Right. Secede from the Union. Good right. luck with that, Texas. They have their own electrical grid, so there is that. Yeah, they do. Kyle, do you have anything else? Anything you want to explore or talk about? Report. I was trying to... I was thinking of something earlier on, but I forgot what it was. So, of course, I, I can't it. remember now, and I'll remember in like an hour later. No, you just text him. Tell him what's up. Like, hey, this thing I was thinking about. What about this? Here it is. Here it is. Text only part of the interview. <laughs> it's only seen with between two people. <laughs> All right. I, I really appreciate you coming on. 
Um, it's been really fun. And again, I'm really excited because I, I think I really, really enjoy your music. And I think it it stands out. And that, to me, is really important in that you have the potential to, um, I think, go to different places because you don't stick to tropes, arpeggiated mm-hmm. basses, things like that. So I think there's more room for you than maybe some other artists. And I'm excited to see what that is. And I think, I, as I said, I really like the progression between the the two albums. And um, so I, I'm excited to, to see where you go. And, and hopefully we get to see you live because uh, that's, a, that's a big part of what we do here in Minneapolis. So um, if you don't have anything else, Kyle, I, I'm I'm good. Anything else you want to talk about, promote before we, we wrap up? Not really. Uh, pretty pretty much spilled the beans on uh, you my future vinyl releases. You confessed everything to us. Yeah, pretty much let y'all in a couple secrets, but uh, it won't hurt. You know, somebody's got to know. Somebody's got to know. So, and us and, and everyone else that listens to Tell the world on Spotify and know. You know, everything else. Yes. Yeah. All right, Blake. I really appreciate your time. Thank you for coming yeah, on. Thanks for having me. This till next time. This is Eric. This is Kyle. Ah, uh, yeah. Paradise I can't Paradise I can't